I'm trying to turn down my gain because it's pretty loud. Hold on. Do, do, do. I think that's better. I don't know what I'm doing with all these knobs. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I'm nearing the end of a 52-week challenge set out by my best friend to get rid of Sonderlust and try to find happiness in my own life. If you're just joining my journey, I recommend you start from the very start and hear about all four of the challenges and listen to all of the different experts I talk to. As I near the end of the challenge, I've taken some huge steps. From moving to a place that I love, I'm taking time away from my job to refocus. The area though that most people ask about and the area that I've found the hardest time focusing on is my dating life. And so a couple of months ago, I chatted with a dating coach. And at first, this seemed like such a foreign and crazy idea. Well, sometimes when you're in the midst of a challenge, you use crazy ideas. And so I uh, signed up. That's right. As of a week ago, I am in dating boot camp. Let me tell you, it is a weird experience. In fact, it's hard to like look at yourself this way. So I called my big brother, someone who knows me really well, and I thought I would share that conversation with you. Out of my nuclear family, he's the only one you haven't heard from. Jonathan is older than me by a couple of years. He is, uh, by most accounts, the most successful of us. He's an engineer. He's really creative. He's super funny. He's way more introverted than I am. He has two beautiful children. My favorite people in the entire world are his son and daughter. He has a a wonderful girlfriend and an adorable dog. He has a house and he seems to be kind of winning at life. We always joke about which kid is better. Well, I hope you enjoy our conversation. At the end, I'm gonna give you some details that I learned from my dating coach. You know, she says that we create what we focus on. And so in this conversation, my brother and I talk about the things that I've been focusing on. Brother Bear, how are you? I'm swell. Good. Swell as swell can be. Well, that's good. I just got back from renewal leave. Today was my first day back. Yeah, I know. Is that sad? Happy? Glad? Uh, it was difficult, honestly. Uh, it was a great you know, I'm excited to be back at my church community. I like my church a lot. Um, yes. But just a lot of difficult conversations, and I think a month definitely wasn't long enough. <laughs> but Well, especially when you're throwing, like, moving and all that other fun stuff. Yeah, so that was kind of rough. And trying to figure out, you know, like, what's next. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I've been in the midst of a lot of, transition again and I always think I'm not going to be going through transitions and then I do and so that's for sure yeah. yeah what kind of life is like that though so this is a series of transitions yeah that's true planning periods and transitions transitioning and period and figuring that out yeah I feel like we especially as people who have like moved a lot have gone through a lot of that yeah or when you you know there's people that are kind of used to just being and they kind of crave that right they they want the same schedule each day they live in the same small town yada yada uh and then there's those that just don't 
I think we kind of fit in that category, which is good. Both are great, but yeah, you kind of want something different. You'll yeah, you're in for transition to a degree, or at least some type of change. Yeah. So, I don't know if I like all the change, though. You know. Hmm. No, I mean, yeah, you want to process it one piece at a time, but yeah. unfortunately, life isn't like that. Right. It feels very uh, frustrating for sure. So I started this uh, dating, uh, what do you call it? Dating <laughs> coach. coach. Don't laugh a at trainer. me. A trainer. A trainer. I know, a trainer. Yeah. Jonathan, how the heck? It's like the worst thing ever to like have to have. Isn't it supposed to be just like natural? <laughs> like, isn't that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. We're supposed to just like, you know, go to the grocery store and bump into someone and be like, hey, I love you. I love you. That is right? not that's supposed to be how it is. I know. You know, I spent time with someone I have, I don't know how to describe it, and also maintain the person's anonymity. But someone I used to have romantic. Someone ex- that I used to know. Yeah, exactly. Yesterday. And it's so funny how it like awakens something in you where you're like, oh, this is what it feels like to be known and to be. Like, not have to explain yourself. And I I think the problem is, is, like, you have to go through a lot of first dates to get there. And I I think I just, I don't want to do that. I hate, like, I just, my schedule is so packed that the idea of, like, sitting in front of a bunch of people that I don't know and getting to know them. And I just can't fathom that. Yeah, no, actually, so one of our mutual friends uh, talked a lot, right, right as I was getting divorced. And he was talking about his own personal story of getting divorced and how he did that, right? He's like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to go do this. I'm going to go arrange as many dates as I can, get on a couple of websites and just line it up. Every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm going to do stuff and just see where it happens. And I was like, holy crap. And he said he did that until he found someone that was just awesome, amazing, and they're still together, right? But he said he spent thousands of dollars on just crappy first dates and very few of them went any further. And I was just thinking how horrible that would be. I know. I hadn't been on a first date in, you know, at that point, like 15 years. And yeah. I don't, you know, I still haven't really been on a first date, first date. In a I know. Long time. So I should give a little bit of background. Sorry. My brother, uh, who you're hearing is, uh, <laughs> congratulations. The first person in our family to be divorced. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of, you've always been the golden child. It's like the first time you've broken like any sort of golden is, rule. Yeah. On, on the record, this is the first time I've ever done anything wrong or screwed up in any way, shape or form. You've always been like In the that. last time. Oh, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's the only so time ever. My, my brother uh, is an electrical engineer. He's known me my whole life. It's true. He's older. Yep. Um, yep. And he literally flew out to California for like 48 hours or something stupid, 72 hours to see me. I had a book launch and you were out here and ended up meeting like several of my friends who were into you and you had just been divorced. Like how long had you been divorced? Um, a couple months officially, but you know, we've been separated for over a year. Yeah. So, and he like has dates lined up and then one of them, uh, he ends up 
dating and now she's moved to Alabama. And so it's like really hard for me to take your dating advice because I feel like you really it have is. <laughs> like you don't really know what it's like to be single. <laughs> yeah, but I was so not intentional about that either. No, Maybe I that's know. the best advice to come out of it, right? Well, I, like I, I really done that. wasn't looking at all. But yeah, no, you can't. Like I was, you know, the, the cliche of, well, when she stopped looking, then you'll find her. It's like, ah, yeah, no. <laughs> it wasn't even like, I was just, at that point, I was just shell-shocked and, you know, it was a bunch of crummy relationship things going on and just happened to meet. And again, you have cool friends, right? Part of that. I do have cool friends. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, And so, yeah, I feel like, you know, it's just been like so funny. I, a bunch of my, like, for whatever reason, I found out about an ex getting engaged. And then I found out about another ex getting engaged on the same day, which it wasn't like uh, sad about them at all. Right. And like marriage for me is slowly not becoming the like, be all end all, I guess. But I like feel kind of bad that I'm totally out of the running. Like I, I don't date and I don't really meet people that I'm interested in dating. You know, um, it's like I have these past relationships and it's like, I don't want to invest in anyone new because I'm over peopled. And I think that's a common pastoral thing. And I think too, like I turn into people's pastor really fast. Um, and then I, I don't really want to like, is that worse than the friend zone? Yeah, dude, it's way worse. Immediately to spiritual, yeah, spiritual right. guys. Yeah, that's just it's like the like extreme friend zone. Um, <laughs> it's like I don't the super really happy wanna, friend zone. I don't want to like make out with someone who like I preach to on a regular basis. It's weird. Like you should picture the audience naked, but you shouldn't really picture the congregation the naked, someone you're making or the congregation. Yeah. Naked. No, yeah, none yeah. of that. So it's just like weird thing that I feel like since I was 20, gosh, when did I go on full-time ministry? I was 24. Like I've slowly become this like, because when I was a youth pastor, nobody really like, that didn't really. It's different. You're fun and happy and, you know, you're doing fun things. Yeah. It's like once I became this like lead pastor or whatever, then it's like, oh, she means it. I don't know. It's been weird. And so people who knew me before that are actually like much easier for me to, you know, not be Pastor Sarah with part of the renewal leave was like going to Canada and being with our family. And like what I discover when I'm in Canada is like, they don't even know who Pastor Sarah is. Like there's no expectation. Even my friends back there, like they don't have any sort of. Yeah, no, they don't have the preconceived. It was just, in, you know, so many, so many relationships are like that in life. Uh, and you should. And what happens with the pastor, unfortunately, is they, they deal with those relationships so much more than they do the other types of relationships that we have. Cause you know, I have all sorts of friends from work, from previous work, from, you know, sports, from, you know, all sorts of different school, you know, all these sorts of different things coming together, but you, you know, you unfortunately kind of have to meld a lot of those together to where you have overlaps even. Right. So some of the church related things are really kind of your sports related, you know, church softball team is also, you know, going to be a part of the the congregational uh, relationship. Yeah. And I, I think, too, I, I don't know if it's just that I live in a place where guys are pretty. I mean, even your girlfriend would say, right, like, that she couldn't find anyone here because it is a uniquely weird place. It is a different dynamic. Yeah, I think she, she'd agree with that. I mean, how many of my friends were into you? It was kind of ridiculous. And it's just because, like, 
you're really friendly, you're good looking, you have a job, like, (laughs) (laughs) so thank you, oh, thank you, but it's like that, well, now you sound, like, weird, and no one wants to hang out with you, but, like, I think, it's kind of the truth of it all, to be honest, that's the ugly truth, I think it's sad that, like, here, there's just, like, guys who just think they're God's gift to women, and guys my age are dating 22-year-olds, and, and feel like that's, like, appropriate, you know, and, women my age are dating guys in their fifties and I'm just not there. Like you got to kind of find the demographic, the dynamic that you're, you're looking for. And unfortunately, you know, the, I think that's kind of the, the funny little deal is that the bigger the city, it's kind of almost harder to date. Right. I think you hear all those stories about New York and Manhattan being really tough to date in LA, you know, Orange County. There's so many people, so many chances for all these other things going on but people have a hard time finding you know true romantic relationships well and like the dating coach thing so the the only thing i've done with it so far is like well a paid and then b uh i went on a coaching call and i got to listen to other people talk about their experiences and talk about like what they're going through and (laughs) you don't get to go on dates with them do you uh, like, is there like a whole like so, gallery? Like, do you like have like three tables next to it? And they're like watching. No, I don't get to go with them. No, nope. that'd be kind of cool. You no, sit there watching. Would it? I don't. That, that's like the bachelor. No, it would not be horrible. We did do that to a friend of mine who went on a match date. We we all uh, went a dinner beforehand. She's meeting the guy for drinks, and so we sat across the restaurant watching. Them. That's like the, the worst thing. Yeah. That you've done. And you've done a lot of really bad things. But that's... No, I haven't. We've already established that I've only done one bad thing ever. Well, yeah. That's true. Yeah, I I don't know, Jonathan. You've seen me date, like, a lot. And I haven't, you know, I think from the podcast, people would think, like, oh, I don't... I mean, I, I haven't dated for so long. And then I've been dragging my feet this year. But I think it's because I have, like, PTSD. Like, I've dated so much. Uh, You have to, yeah, you do have to be open to it in your life in general, right? Yeah. Things got to fit and that's got to go both ways, right? They have to fit into what you're trying to do and you're trying to fit into what they're trying to do. So there's that, right? Even the right person, right? Spark, you know, you've had sparks. I've had sparks with, with different women over the years. You've had sparks with not necessarily women, but guys. Definitely not women. Thanks, John. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just that. But no, it's like you have to have the you have to have the the timing in your life aspect as well as just the logistics of how that works. And so, you know, you need that, and you need to be there. So you need to be open to it, and you, you don't realize how subconscious that is either, right? Yeah. Right. If you're just not, you're not. Well, and I think I can romanticize the past and remember being known and seen, and I think I've watched too many romantic comedies, so I feel like I have to work really hard for a relationship, and that's yeah. Life is not just a not attractive movie. to not work really hard. Like I'm like, oh, if that person really likes me, I'm not into them. Well, you do have that aspect. You do have that aspect with you. You, you your biggest turnoff is if the guy actually responds. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> I mean. Kind of sometimes. Yeah, kind of. I don't like, no, it's not like they respond. I don't like if someone like, I don't know. Maybe that's true. I don't know. Maybe not respond, but you, you, you do like a little bit of a. I like an aloof. A mystery to it. An aloof to it. A little bit of a not quite can't have it type thing. I know. And it's stupid. That's like super unhealthy. 
There's that book no, that I told but, you. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a classic defense mechanism. You're not alone, right? Well, and I don't know that. I mean, I don't know. If I told you about that book attached that I have to yes, read. Yes, I, I was about to pull that out. So, yeah, um, if, you, if you're an avoidant person, you know, yeah. that, that helps you justify things too, right? I'm not saying you're super avoidant. You know, I don't think you I am pretty avoidant. But for certain relationships, yeah. Well, yeah. I just think it's hard too because, like, I thought I was, like, changing so much in this field. And I thought, like, oh, I'm dating again. Look at me. I'm being risky. I'm out on the edges. I'm doing the thing. And then the person who, like, I, like, totally thought, hey, I'm letting someone who is actually nice to me and pursuing me and honest about his feelings into my life. And then he, like, actually didn't want to be in my life. And that's so weird. Got to admit, got to admit, I will give you that. You changed you changed MO for the last situation and said, yeah, I think we should, I think I should embrace that. And then he turned up to do something very similar to the previous two. So that was, that's, uh, that's my bad or our bad. That's life. I know. Yeah. I, it's, it's hard too. Cause I think my friends are all like, yeah, I didn't see that coming. No. Yeah. And so, I mean, I know I have to like, actually like, so I have to do the dating module thing. I have to like watch the modules, but I'm afraid to like turn it on because I know as soon as I do that, then I have to like download the dating apps again and turn them on. And like, it feels like that's so much work. And I know it's stupid because it's supposed to be work because that's, if it's worth doing, right? There's an element to that, but you kind of detach yourself from it and just kind of like think, well, this is what's necessary to get it done, right? So don't like, oh my gosh, it's so much work. It's like, no, this is just, I, we're going to go through this for the very, at the very least, it's just to, to, to go through this and try it as a, as an option. Right. So you have to go through that to give it as a, a valid, a valid try, but don't treat it as like, Oh my gosh, this is so much work. Treat it as like, Oh, this is an interesting experience. Let's, let's see what happens and kind of detach yourself from it. And at the same time, kind of embrace what they're trying to do. Right. Just open up to it and be like, all right, fine. I'm going to detach myself from, being just so into it that my life depends on it, but I'm going to, you know, try the, the techniques they're talking about and dive into it. But just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I think it is what it is needs to be my new, uh, like if we talk about it, the challenges, like obviously I only have a month left in this whole thing. You know that, right? It ends in the middle of October because wow. September 10th, which is next week, which is my birthday which is when the whole challenge, like when he launched the challenge and then I started October 10th with the podcast. So we're going to be 52 weeks, October 10th. Crazy. Like this sucker's over soon. And I have made some serious leeway, right? Yeah, you have. I don't know if you've reached your full goals, but you've, you know, wow, ouch. you've done work. You've, yeah. you've done work. It's true. I well, they're pretty big goals. To a place that I love. I like love where I live. Like my neighbors are the cutest people and I live in yeah. the city that I love. And I don't know how long I'm going to live in California, but while I live in California, this is where I want to live. Yeah. And you've said that and that's, and that's a goal, right? Yeah. So I figured that one out. I have worked on taking time off to try to, you know, I think definitely I've got a lot to learn about what rest looks like, but, uh, you know, trying to love my job. I feel like I've made some leeway on that. I've definitely um, leaned more into my friendships outside of just church. That's been really hard, but good, I think. 
Yeah, well, that's that's hard in general for everybody, right? Finding true friendships is is tough. I know. I'm so lucky. I know how to have friendships in my adult years, right? That's kind of lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not everybody can do that. It's the dating one that, like, just keeps knocking me on my butt. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, you know, we do as a society put a lot around that. And it's great to have that one person. I got to admit, it's always great to have that one person that, you know, you're going to do like Labor Day weekend. You're going to do something with them. Without having to make plans. You just, Dude, you're just do get something. food poisoning. That's what I did for Labor Day. Yeah. Awesome. Well, there's that. Yeah. But you can get it together. Oh, yeah. That sounds real romantic. I mean, I guess I think that's why it's like, it was so nice to spend Labor Day with someone who, like, I've known for 16 years, and he knows me, like, super well. Even though we mm-hmm. don't talk, it's, like, this understood, just known and shared history. And, like, yesterday was the first time we brought up some pretty gnarly stuff from our past. <laughs> like, yeah. where he behaved real bad. <laughs> yes, and we can he, laugh he, about he did it. have histories. And just be like, hey, remember that time? And uh, it was really lovely. And, I mean, I don't think he's in a place to be able to be who, you know, either of us would need him to be, I think. But, man, I just so respect and adore him that I wonder what it would be like to sit across the table from someone that was actually a little more available to me in a romantic way, you know, and and feel that way, to feel that, like, sense of, like, man, yeah. No, it's great to have a person. It's great to have somebody that you know day in, day out is thinking about you and is arranging their their life to meet it with yours. And it's just it's a great feeling. Somebody cares. Yeah. Not that your friends don't care, but you know, they, they on a day to day basis they're you know doing their thing too. Yeah. Well, and that was the hard thing is like I had a meeting with a staff member who's so great and he said to me, um, basically he's concerned that I'm not in like such a rad place to be coming back to work. Although he's like, I think, you know, obviously if you think it's time, come on back. But, um, he said, you know, it feels like you think your life is miserable. And I was like, no, I don't think my life's miserable, but apparently that's the messaging he gets. And he's like, your life is so great. Just like, cause you're not married and don't have the kids you were hoping for. doesn't mean your life's not great. I was like, no, no. I like, I think my life's great. Like for so many reasons. And clearly like I'm kind of an adventurous love life. But like in the back of my head, I couldn't help but think like, bro, like you're so awesome, but you have the family. Like there, there's not a chance of you growing old by yourself most likely because you have the kids and the wife and the shared in-laws and whatever. And he, he said, you know, I don't know what it's like to be you. And I said, obviously I don't know what it's like to be you either. That's a lot of responsibility and all that sort of stuff. But I just think sometimes we forget that. Well, you always lose perspective, right? When you're in it, when you're doing stuff and you might even, you know, you might even not, you know, have been a part of that in the past and just not realize. It's funny how you, how much you can forget, (laughs) how much you can lose context. Right. when you have moved on. And so it's really, it's, it's, it's hard to speak of, about it when you are in a committed relationship, either married or dating to kind of remember back to when, yeah, what, what it was like to be like, Hmm, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have that. Or, I don't know what the future holds. Um, as you said, getting old with somebody, I just, I don't, I don't know that somebody will ever have my back. 
Right. So it, it can be tough. And you make, you touched on this when you started the podcast too, which is, you know, I'm going to put stuff out there and sometimes that can kind of seem like I'm just complaining about it and I hate life because we're diving into it. But I don't think that's necessarily that you hate your life. You're just trying to, you know, bring light to this particular thing. It It's going to be a focal point. Yeah. It's the thing most people ask me about for sure. Well, yeah, it's the first thing. It's like, oh, who are you married to? What are you doing? You know, da, da, da. What's your spouse? I think as women, too, it's like even more so like, oh. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, there's still that contact. You know, it's it's. It's not necessarily just on the surface, but yeah, no, 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 especially, especially for women, you know, what, well, what's your husband do? What does your spouse do? Yeah. It's unfair, but kind of a reality. Yeah. And like, honestly, like I had this conversation with my friend who went through a divorce recently and uh, he was saying, you know, one of the things that he struggled with, with his wife is that she didn't have her own life separate from him. And I think that is one thing I can say for sure is that I'll always bring to the table that I know who I am um, and I have my own life and I definitely want to mold it and change it and do all those sort of things. But, you know, I am my independent self and I am so excited about cheering for someone else in their life and what they're doing and like thinking they're great. But I also know that it's like super okay to have my own thing and not just be relying on the other person to create a life for me. Cause I've done it. I mean, I'm going to be 38 next week. I've done 38 years alone. I mean, I've had years where I was making my life around someone else, but so yeah, diving into the dating world again, here I go. Yay. Yay. Yeah, but, you know, you come out from a good perspective because a lot of people don't know who they are and don't have their own things. Right. You just touched on that you you know have your own thing and so believe it or not it's actually a great perspective to have coming in which is like hey i'm gonna look for what i want what i need Mm -hmm. more so what i need and not just settle for something because i just don't know how to process without that and i don't know what to do by myself yep i mean i think i definitely have some a lot of things up in the air but yeah i don't need someone to like define me and i think i've always let that happened in the past and I don't think I will as much hopefully yeah so anyway well thanks for chatting with me about dating super awkward with your little Always. sister yeah awkward we talked you're gross you got cooties nobody wants to hang out with you you know you're so lucky you never went through the phase where your guy friends were trying to hit on me I had like a big boyfriend in high school so so I kept you a secret oh did you yeah you didn't tell anyone I was your sister? Squirreled away. The sorority girl sister down in Hattiesburg was, was a secret. <laughs> Gee, thanks. I remember <laughs> one time this girl had really hurt your feelings, and I went to a football game with you, and um, you people were like, who's Jonathan with? And you're like, I'm just going to let them wonder. And I was like, I'm your sister, bro. Yeah, it's okay. I should have used that. I didn't – hey, listen, the reverse – I didn't use that reverse very, very well either, right? I should have been down in Hasbro partying with the sorority girls, right? Yeah, well, that wasn't really – you were like Mr. Engineer studying all the time. Yes, I was being adult. Somebody graduated adult. first in their class, and I'm going to give you a hint. It wasn't me. Yeah, totally, totally worth it. Not. Hey, you got a gold watch. Yes. Does that thing still work? Yeah, I think so. I don't even know where it is. You lost your gold valid Victorian watch? No, no, it's somewhere around here. 
but no, I mean, like I would, I don't know, I kind of change it for a little bit more of a relaxed college experience. Yeah, you were a bit uptight. Yeah. You always thought you were failing too. Something I've learned. Again, you know, again, experiences make you what you are. So, yeah. Well, I'm about to go experience this world again. Yes, go do that. Go get coached. Go get trained. Get all buff. All romantically buff. <laughs> romantically buff. I think it's interesting, those those women that were in that group, they're all like dating multiple people. And they've been on more than seven dates with someone. And they're like, yeah, I think I'm ready to ask if he's really ready to be like exclusive. But they're like not worried about that. And I'm like, dude. After like three dates, I usually have that picture. Yeah. yeah. Well, and again, that's the different dynamic, right? You're going into it's like before it was like, ooh, I like you, you like me, let's go on a date. Whereas now when you get into the adult phase of things, it's like, let's go on a date to see if we like each other. Yeah. So treat it as that, right? You're just meeting new people, you're seeing what's going on, figuring out what you like. And don't treat it as a job, but treat it as like this cool little challenge to try and figure out. That may be the next um, Sonderlust, because after Sonderlust ends, it could just be, um, you know, dating advice from like, what was it, dating for dummies, but dating by a dummy. Uh, well, you could do like, I mean, the most popular part of American Idol is like the, the reject round, right? Oh my gosh, totally. I could do like dating fails. Yeah. Just Sarah. And Sarah the tough part is, is like, as a pastor, I can't actually tell those stories. Like I was thinking about that. So my friend that I was hanging out with. Like, we've got some pretty gnarly, funny stories, but I can't reveal our gnarly, funny stories because that's not fair to him, nor does my congregation need to know my dating stories, whereas if I was just like a normal human, they would be funny. Yeah, you could kind of change this. Yeah. So you don't want me to tell them at the time you streaked the I didn't the streak anything. No? Okay. I didn't, I've never done that. You know, I've maybe gone... What do you call it? Where you skinny dip? I've skinny dip. Skinny dipping. Did you skinny dip at camp? Maybe. Maybe. Hey, you uh, know, I still think you probably streaked the, the graveyard. I was a biology major, sorority girl, so I was also studying. I just didn't graduate first of my class. No. No, I didn't graduate. I like how you said no. Like I failed. I didn't graduate last in my class. Actually, in psychology, I graduated third or second. I can't remember. It doesn't really matter if you're not you can't first. remember. Good thing if it was you're not math. first, you're last. That's right. Second place is first laser. Oh, my gosh. I'm really glad you're a dad. That's right. Totally. I still let in my kids every day. Oh, my goodness. Don't suck. Oh, my gosh. Hey, I love you. Thanks for talking to me. Love you, too. Ciao. Ciao. You know the old song, you can't always get what you want? I used to hate those lyrics because what I realized is that I often want what I can't have. It uh, started a long time ago. When I look at my own dating life, for sure the case was often, I wanted someone that was difficult to get. I'm so grateful that my brother has journeyed with me through a lot of this. He has listened to me talk about the things that I hope for. He's been super patient. And I think it's because uh, sometimes I was super patient for him a long time ago. And well, maybe he's done a lot more listening than I have, because for most of my adult life, my brother was married. I definitely have done some listening. I think that's one of my favorite things about my brother and I's relationship. 
after he went through so much and I myself had gone through so much a couple of years ago, we realized that we had been putting on a show for the other one, always trying to show the bravest face or the the cleanest version of ourselves. And eventually it just didn't work anymore. And so we got real honest. And now he's one of my best friends and he knows most things about me, good or bad. There are times I'm still tempted for him not to know all the things, but I realize that he often has great advice and that he'll always be there for me. I also know that he's a man in my life that I can trust. And I need to learn to do that more. And I need to have more trustworthy guys around. It's really easy for me to say there aren't any good guys out there. And it's a lie. I know great guys. Just because they're not the guy I'm supposed to marry or date or whatever it might be, doesn't mean they're not amazing. And so I'm grateful for people like my brother, Jonathan. So I told you I was gonna tell you a little bit about this dating coaching thing. Well, it hasn't been very long. In fact, I heard my first call uh, just a couple of days ago where you sit with a group of folks on Zoom and you listen to them talk uh, through their different dating experiences. Now, I was new to the groups. I didn't say much. I just said my name. And then I listened in as people shared their different stories. And that lump in my throat, that big lump in my throat came back. The one that says, oh no, I'm going to have to go through first dates where I sit across from the table and I listen to someone talk that I don't know and I have to get to know them. And it feels like such a waste of time sometimes. As extroverted as people think I am, I actually have a huge introverted side, one that likes to just sit and watch and doesn't necessarily love getting to know new people. I'm really good at doing that in an environment where I'm maybe a speaker or an environment where I kind of have control of the space. But when it comes to a one-on-one conversation, I actually can be quite awkward and I feel uncomfortable and sometimes really insecure. And so the idea of going on so many first dates sounds awful. And as these different women told their stories, I thought they were almost like heroes. Like, how could you go out with that many people and not just be exhausted and just sort of disillusioned? But these women were amazing. As I listened, I heard Lisa say some pretty incredible things. One of the things I loved is that as a woman told one story about this date she had been on and how she's pretty sure this guy was not the right guy for her, she asked this question. Lisa said, what are you learning from him? She said that each person we encounter, we are learning from. I've never really thought about dating that way. I never thought about like, what am I learning from this person? What is this person teaching me and what am I teaching them? I'm usually wondering like, is this going to work out? Is this even worth my time? But when she reframed it and said, what are you learning from him? I realized that all of it is worth our time. She also said this, you are responsible for your own transformation. You are responsible for your own transformation. Sometimes I think I've wished that some sort of knight in shining armor would come along and, and just kind of help with my transformation that I wouldn't have to do all this painful work I've done over the last year. And friends, it has been a lot of painful work. It's been a lot of honesty and vulnerability and just the tough stuff. And I haven't always loved it. But the other thing that Lisa said, and the final thing I wanna leave you with, is that information is not transformation. I think often I try to use my brain or my head to just gain all the information I can, and then somehow it feels like I am transformed instead of actually getting out there and living the experience. So if I'm gonna have to figure out this dating thing, I'm gonna have to actually make space in my calendar to go on dates. 
I'm going to have to make space in my life to have awkward one-on-one conversations and not just rely on the great conversations I have with people who already know me or the guys that I already know are aloof and will come in and out of my life as they choose often to do so. That's the thing. I can't control any of this. I can simply learn. I can sit back and ask myself, what am I learning from him? Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but I'm definitely gonna learn. I'm so grateful you're following along with me. And as we only have, gosh, believe it or not, only about a month left, a month and a half. It's crazy to think that it has been 52 weeks. Friends, my birthday is next week. My least favorite date of the year. I know most people love their birthday. I hate mine. I have for the last five years. There's always been something pretty traumatic around my birthday. Actually, it's been seven years. So I'm hoping that this year, maybe no drama, maybe nothing, but I hope that it's not as traumatic as it has been in the past. So thank you so much for following along with me and I can't wait to share more with you. This episode was brought to you by Robert and Christine Heath, my parents. I am so grateful for all of the sponsors of all of our various episodes, but I thought it would be fun to make this the episode that they sponsored. To all of you who are Kickstarter followers and supporters, I'm so grateful and your awards are coming soon. We've been working on them and I cannot wait to share them with you. So hold tight, they are coming soon. Sandra List, the podcast is hosted by me, Sarah Heath. This episode was edited and mixed by Chad Michael Snavely and the team at CM Studio. To find out more about them, visit cmstudio.co. Sandra List's website was created by Alex Maldonado. The theme song was written and performed by Daniel Roberts. You can visit us anytime at sandralistthepodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates and exclusive content. If you like the show, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Most importantly, leave a review. It's a great way to spread the word and help people find the show. So until next time, thank you so much for listening and keep looking for your bliss.